Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Is off track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome. I'm going to start this one off. Good for you, Tim. About time to do I, something. Well, I, you know, James was on his phone. Alex, you you didn't look well, like you wanted to take the initiative. When do I ever? That's fair. That's fair. First of all, on one hand, I respect the yeah the initiative there. You just were proactive and went for it. Um, on the other hand, I would kind of like you to ask permission before you do stuff. <laughs> Mostly <laughs> in general. Yeah. Usually speak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, Is it, I just assumed it's like a royal situation, a speak when spoken to kind of deal. Correct. Just and go, we didn't go say forward with that. You. Okay. And then, right. Yeah. Yeah. Going forward. Um, if you could know. also refer to us both as uh, your royal highnesses, that would also be nice. Or Mr. Dongle. <laughs> Why is dongle such a funny word? Oh, man. I don't it's know. Just, it's weird that. that we settled on that too. Like we're all yeah. just like, okay, so it's this little adapter. What do we call it? Dongle? Well, surely we'll come up with no. something better than that. No. Yeah, no, it was, it was probably like a it was a working title, and then it just stuck and it never went anywhere. That's actually, from what I remember, the story of how GoDaddy was named GoDaddy. That was like a, a working name for a while, but then it just kind of stuck within the uh within the company. I, and then I thought it was this. I thought it was founded by Philip J. GoDaddy. It was not of it of the not. Long Island GoDaddies. No, it was the Minneapolis GoDaddies. Uh, <laughs> it was Archibald S. GoDaddy. So on, <laughs> on that on that note, we all know what a palindrome is, right? We do. <laughs> Isn't it hilarious that the fear of palindromes is um, abibophobia, which is a palindrome? Just... Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, like that was the guy. I mean, that was the name. Yeah, it was very clearly done on purpose. Guy, right? What a dick! Yeah, <laughs> sure did that on purpose. It's but it's also, the same. Like it's them. It's, <laughs> yeah, who actually has a fear of palindromes? Uh, and it's safe to say they're not listening to a, a podcast by two people who drive a race car. Mm, the best palindrome of them all. Uh, although now the best one is was it. Uh, Abel was I ere I saw Elba. Little Napoleon for you. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, what were you talking about? I was going to say I something. For palindrome. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's the same guy that put an S in the word lisp. <laughs> yes. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have a lisp. Yeah, no fit. <laughs> <laughs> Do like, I have that's just that? <laughs> yeah. That's that's a good I question. Think, I guess not because technically not it a cuss word. Kill, it would kill the joke too because yeah. you don't hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, 
So I got into a debate last night, and because this is a travel podcast, sometimes food podcast, I wanted to bring it up because we've had other uh, massive food debates that we've settled successfully on this show. Okay, Alex, do you know what gazpacho is? Yes, I do. Cold soup. Right. So I thought that it was a specific soup, and it was just served cold. I'm pretty sure it is. No, it is any cold soup. Correct. Essentially, any soup that's cold is a gazpacho. French, so, French onion soup cold is gazpacho. Is a, right. Is a gazpacho. Yes. So really? all cold soup is is no. Uh, yeah, all cold yes. soup is gazpacho. Correct. But not all gazpacho is no. All gazpacho is still cold soup. Yeah, yeah. Either way. So I this this was I thought it was like a flavor or a type, right? Like like minestrone, but it's just cold, right? So if if the definition of of a gazpacho is just cold soup and soup is like a liquid based thing with stuff in it is cereal a gazpacho? So I'm not ready to concede that gazpacho is just the word for all cold soup. I'm I'm going to look this up a little more, but uh, that bothers is me. Cereal a gazpacho? Yeah, Tim, I, I because why no, I said because, that because there's there's no soup that's same or that's sweet. I guess then we are getting into the semantics of what's the definition of a soup, too. No, but like there's no sweet soup. Come on. Sweet potato soup? Yeah, but it's still savory. It's still like salt for Yeah, but there's not there's non-sweet cereals. I mean, you're thinking savory cereal. There's not no, there's not savory cereals though. Like just because Cheerios isn't sweet, it, it I wouldn't classify that as savory. Man, there's a okay, so soup is Okay, this so no. is going to bother me. I don't I'm going to Merriam-Webster. Okay, Merriam-Webster, definition of soup is a liquid food, especially with a meat, fish, or vegetable stock as a base and often containing pieces of solid food. Okay, so, so but what's the definition of a gazpacho? It's nice to like get the stuff I'm going to have to cut out of the way early just for being boring. It's funny that you I think there's a dictionary. <laughs> a Spanish style soup made from tomatoes and other vegetables. So that is Okay. Merriam Webster is a spicy soup that is usually made from chopped raw vegetables such as tomato, onion, pepper, and cucumber, and that is served cold. Okay, so not that doesn't lend me to think that a cold French onion soup is still a gazpacho then. That's how I was told that it was in Europe. Because right, and when this I is what I was to, just told. When I would go to order the gazpacho, it, they'd be like Okay, which and one? Be, right. I'm so gonna maybe. I'm gonna take a different I'm gonna take a different approach here. Going back to the same argument that I think we should have made with our hot dog sandwiches and and all this other and is a is we a the minister corn, of meat on. We don't have any other position. My, my other favorite one is is a corn dog, a beef Wellington. Um, no, because there's no mushroom. I'm gonna take the other the other side of this. Uh, who gives a f- I don't really like. I don't care what I classify it as. It doesn't matter to me if it's a gazpacho or not. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is fantastic. I don't that, care. Fair. <laughs> like, I, I'm just going to side with no because yeah. no. That will make me more comfortable. I'm definitely. Yeah, I'm just going to never refer to cereal as gazpacho as sweet gazpacho. You know. So I was on. Just, I was on a. I was on a googling spree looking up soup definitions, and then I decided to ask Google who gives a. F- just out of curiosity, like what it would come up with. Based and, on the internet, um, there's a lot of given. Right. Um, it's weird. It brings up a song, which I guess makes sense. That's a good call. Yeah. 
Very interesting. Right. Very nice. I can hear Tim Googling what this song is. Song by Eric Burden. Okay. Called... <laughs> Let's see if he wants to come on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully this rock star that I reached out to is still alive. <laughs> Ooh, he, 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 born in 1941. We better, if he's still there, we got to get him quick. <laughs> so wait is he gonna tell us if a cereal is a gazpacho well, let's or... ask him I honestly feel like he would have an opinion he definitely maybe. has an opinion yeah 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 anyways um interesting interesting start to this episode guys um i feel like we should do a little bit of a review of our own podcast episode that came out on tuesday um any wait, thoughts, i have comments? more i have more food oh. stuff do we want to okay. do we no, want to stay on it. food yeah, yeah well, no, sure. so, let me Alex, no, Tim, you're actually involved in this kind of too, because last week, Alex crapped on about the greatest dumplings in really? North America Yeah, that he had in Seattle and that- Potentially globally, Michelin star in China. Yeah, but I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we've been to Asia and had all the dumplings, right? That's like, fair. You got to assume there's some bomb dumplings over there. Correct. Anyway, so, so we talked about- us getting together and me trying these ones that you ordered and yeah. Tim on the same day, I think Uber eats them from the same restaurant <laughs> in LA that Alex had them at yep, in yep. Seattle. So we all got to, what was it called? Like Din Taifung. Din Taifung. Sorry. Okay. So Tim, you actually ate first. Pretty solid. I feel like dumplings don't travel well. So like I had to no. reheat them when they got here. So now I need to actually like go to the place. You need to okay. go. Pretty, pretty solid. I, I mean, soup dumplings are just awesome though. Like it's, I feel like it would be hard to f that up. Eh. Mm. I, I feel like, like it's easy to get easy. it wrong. Yeah. But I don't know. So I've, so we, I've always enjoyed soup dumplings. So Alex and Kelly had Becky and I over and very kindly made us an obscene amount of soup dumplings. Of which we ate almost all of them. Was it 60 that we made? 60 and we got through 56. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. Considering yeah. we know the girls did not do much damage. <laughs> that was, mm-hmm. you and I were really carrying the, uh, carrying the torch on that I think one. I, I think I had close to 20. I, I, yeah, I was in the mid-teens, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that kind of tracks. Um, well, no, because then that means the girls had, we must have had more of that. We must have at least had 20. So, no, because that means they had like 10 each. That adds uh, up. Yeah. That sauce, though, that you made, that feels like a big part of it. Because I had yes. one naked and it was good, but like with the sauce is really what. Yeah. But black like, vinegar, soy sauce, and uh, uh, chili crisp is. But did that come with it or did you just like look up what the sauce was? No, no. That, that is, that's what comes with it. When you that's sit down and did Tai Fung before you order, your sauce is presented. Got it. Okay. That's all right. Now I feel better. So it's all part of the same program. For sure. Yep. Because I thought maybe you and Kelly just like Googled it and nailed the sauce. Nope. Got mm-hmm. it. It is all a right. very specific 50 50 black vinegar to soy sauce mixture and then chili uh, crisp to taste. And I'm it confused. Was... Are these guys paying us or are we just doing this again? No, we're just <laughs> doing this again. <laughs> Encouraging everyone to go to Din Tai Fung. Correct. Nice. Uh, and enjoy yourself some dumplings. Um, yeah. And then the, the evening, well, actually, no, it was a different evening, but we <laughs> we were playing, Alex and I were playing the girls in, I forget Texas what it was Chainsaw called. It was like, well, no, no, that was different. 
first we played them in like it was like a different version of heads up it was like the same i forget what it was called different night yes different night but it's one of those things where like you know you have teams and you have like a name of a celebrity or whatever and alex and i alex and i had a run that was Recently, this so wait, clip... you guys you guys didn't play against each other. You guys teamed up against your wives. Obviously, yeah. okay. We Got wanted it. to win. Yeah. So recently, this clip's been floating around of that scene in Four Christmases where uh, John Favreau's character and his wife are doing this, and it's like they just say the most obscure things that have nothing to do with anything. Mexican like, dude. <laughs> exactly. This is this is on your nightstand. Sock. Yeah, I helped you come up with one of these on Thursday night. Alibi, you know, like it was just <laughs> like the most. So Alex and I just start playing this game, and it was some of them were so funny, man. You just look, he goes, "Hooker movie." I'm like Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, of course, so you guys won. They're your wives. You two are soulmates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adds up. We sure established that. We established that. It was so funny, man. It was like they got like six. We got like fourteen mm. in the sixty-second block or whatever. And then yeah, and then the next night we played. What was it called? Mexican, Mexican train. train. Yeah, man. A derivative of dominoes that was very exciting, and it's twelve rounds long, and you can score I, uh, or not up to however like hundreds of points and alex and i were within four points at the end of 12 rounds it's a very I went, close game i played it christmas eve and just got my absolutely rocked really i was not good at that game alex I just destroyed me i feel like i feel like that would have been a game you'd be good at no i think i need i need a couple more times there's one there's one my secret. first i won my first round come on once you figure out the one secret it's pretty hard to lose Unless someone else also has figured out the secret and has well, a better you had, hand. Which you had figured out. Yeah. But but the girls have not figured it out. Still still looking. Yeah. <laughs> They're still looking. Where's the right. secret they talk of? Uh, oh, so we, we got we have some some racing news. We have uh we've now seen Alex's McLaren F one guys new livery. We got Daytona coming up. We got your guys' livery coming up soon. Is any of that I don't know. News? else we got man we just we just talked about cereal for 10 minutes and now we're recapping board game night first of all these are all very relatable topics tim so that's this is this is good chat here this is good banter the no the bit of racing news man that i genuinely want to talk about and i i don't even know how to properly address this is the situation with daniel frost oh so for those that don't know, Daniel Frost has been, uh, he was in Indy Lights, Indy Next, whatever, Indy Lights last year. There was some talk uh, of him going years. to coin, right? Yeah, he's been on the road to Indy for a few years. He's come up and um, and he was like heavily discussed about being one of the two coin drivers for 24. Daniel is of Singaporean background and is a Singapore citizen. And an article came out explaining how you know singapore has mandatory military service i think it's supposed to be when you're 18 and i think daniel's 22 and obviously i don't know the details no one knows the details but he put out a statement basically being like i've been recruited to go into my mandatory military time i am putting a hold on my racing career i'll see in two years kind of thing and it's just like and and he even said there's a quote in there that's 
it came as a surprise, right? Like he was not expecting this to happen. I, I guess he like maybe went home for the holidays or something and wasn't allowed to leave or so, like this is, these are some of the rumors going around and these are all rumors. I don't want to like spread misinformation by any stretch, but like imagine being on the brink of like accomplishing your dream of making it to IndyCar. And then this thing happens that I, I guess you have no control over and you're just like, it's not even the fact that he's just the fact that he can't race for the next two years is devastating enough. And like, it's, you know, just be thrown into, into boot camp after Christmas when you thought you were going to be on the grid at St. Pete is, and that's a wild, it's a wild turn of events. Again, should, should stress. We don't know for sure that that's how it went. Like, for sure. Yeah. But again, there's something just in the statement. Just to make sure we don't get sued. No, 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 no. <laughs> like I said, there's something in the statement that was just like, it, it came as a bit of a surprise to him. And again, I don't know what that means. I don't know what, I don't know. Either way, this kid who was about to, you know, hopefully make his IndyCar debut uh, doesn't get to do that now for at least two years. And that's like, that sucks, man. That's a, that's a big hit. Yeah, I mean, there, so I'm, I have the statement up now, and the, the part that does make it seem like it was a surprise is he says, truthfully, it has been disturbing me due to the disruption of my racing career. Right. That would be so, the, the, yeah. It was an unplanned disruption, you know? I mean, there's no, I'm trying to think of if there's any other comparable. I mean, <laughs> all that comes to mind is like when Elvis Presley got drafted or something along those lines. Like, there's... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean you don't have compulsory military service right. in the states or in Canada, so it's it's hard to draw a parallel. But I mean, how Is would it, you guys react if something like that happened? If you just got had to leave your career for something like this? Well, I think it's different if you knew what was coming versus you didn't, right? Because like, didn't somebody say? And again, like, I did not mean to be just talking out of my back end here, but like, didn't Michaela Lotion do military service? Somebody was saying when this came up. Yes. Oh, so like, I forgot about that. Yeah. So like Russia, yeah. same program, and like he he did it. Like he probably knew it was coming, and not doing it's not really an option. And so you just do it, and and you carry on. Yeah, I mean, I th I feel like that's if you're born and raised in that country, like it's it's you know part the deal of the culture. It's your your brother's done it, your father's done it, your grandfather's everyone's done it. So like. I would understand, like like everything in life, I'm sure there's loopholes. I'm sure it's a bit more aggressive than jury duty, but like there's a lot of things that you can do workarounds for, right? Um, so, I'm um, yeah, it, it would be very interesting to talk to him in two years and find out, like, did you think that you had the loopholes covered and you because you didn't spend X amount of days yeah, there, there was like, some exemption? Or, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if you're just a normal resident then yeah i mean i think it's just expected like that's just par for the course i don't know but wild very grateful that we live in the united states of america and that those days of uncle sam pointing at you and telling you to get to work um are over for the, the time being at least <laughs> who knows i mean cool. you still do have to register for it just in case when you turn no, 18 i understand here. but it's not a hundred percent every person has yeah. to go do it <laughs> yeah there was an i read a, a book recently about jfk that talked about how like there are some people that that do view it as a, a cultural positive in terms of like balancing things out because if people from the higher income families have to go work with people from lower income families people from middle income families it actually like helps bring society together and cultural understanding and things that. like that 
yeah. and like discipline, like Believe not it. a bad thing. The people in Singapore are pretty awesome. Yeah, that that country is actually very, pretty well, nice pretty country. sorted, man. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling, the collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You mentioned livery stuff, and Alex wanted to touch on our Tuesday episode. Uh, I just think we should review it. I think we should review it. It was chaotic, but I had fun. Alex? Yeah. What are was, your reviews on it? It was it was chaotic. Um, I had fun. Okay, we've reviewed it. <laughs> For those that missed it, if you would like you should to go listen. Yeah, fair enough. Just go listen. If you want to know all about the McLaren livery unveils uh and some other stuff. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> that you may or may not be interested in hearing. It's funny. I think it it's is funny. It, it was it'll, uh, garner a chuckle or two. Yeah. So make I think sure we should review this up. episode. It's a weird vibe today. What's going on? Why is everybody being all weird? I think that's I you. I think it was think totally fine me, until you said everything's head. fine. Just me in my head? Yeah. I'm yeah. surprised yeah. you haven't sighed 16 times since we began this episode. <laughs> I'm on, I've had a lot of caffeine. I've had two right. coffees. In a um, I was on Speed Street uh, today. I don't know nice. when that episode's going to come out, but it was nice that after you know knowing Connor for over a decade, him being in my wedding, him living in my home, um, that I finally got invited to be on their podcast. You know, it was, a, it was a big honor. It took the team, you know, requesting, you know, my availability <laughs> no. and appearance on the podcast, but it it happened. So hey, the team a win's reached a win. out to Speed Tree. Yeah, Speed Tree. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Just like the team reached out to Off Track, they um, did. They reached out to Speed Street to have me go on, and it was it was great. I really enjoyed talking to Connor and Joey. And How's Connor? Uh, Connor's Connor I'll talk man. To him a couple of days. Same, same thing. Same, same program. Same old, same old. Same old, same old. He had, he got the bourbon chat going today, I think, talking about if, well, something bourbon related. And then the group's kind of all in, 
all accepted that we're slowly moving away from bourbon now and, and maybe into tequila, like 100%. collecting from a collecting standpoint. Um, I think that like anything in life, the, the shininess of a, of a toy or the excitement of a new car or whatever, like it wears off a little bit. Right. And so we, especially during the COVID times got pretty into bourbon mm -hmm. We got pretty into the, the hunt for bourbon, right. Mm -hmm. More than I think maybe equally as much as enjoying it, but like the, the, the treasure hunt for it. Yeah. The thrill um, of the chase was almost, almost the same as, as actually getting to enjoy it. Correct. Um, but now the chase isn't fun and bourbon just is not that it's not that interesting to me anymore you know i never i don't know if this is us maturing which is weird to mature away from bourbon but like maybe <laughs> maybe we didn't give enough of a chance to tequila um i'm still not a guy who's gonna drink tequila primarily but am i gonna turn away if someone's like oh this is a really nice tequila you should try it no absolutely not because i'm very curious and mm. my my uh, what is it? Palette has been opened up to tequila now. So like anything, maybe, maybe we're tequila guys. If it's a good one, it's good. And if it's a bad one, it's horrific. Just like whiskey and just like, you know, anything else. Um, but yeah, it's funny. I've, I've, I enjoyed a couple uh, tequila sodas over the holidays, which has never been a go-to drink for me, but you know what? I kind of feel like the hydrating at the same time. I think there's something to that. I think there's something to it. Oh, no. That's just me. Um, so, yeah, I leave tomorrow for Daytona. Alex leaves Thursday morning for Daytona. We're finally doing it here. Uh, now that it's getting closer, Alex, how do you feel about uh, your first crack at the 24 in a GT car? I am excited, man. Like I, 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 it's one of those things. I don't know what I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like I'm excited. I'm excited to drive a race car again. I'm excited to get into a competitive state of motor racing, um, testing, as we all know, it's valuable and important, but it can be incredibly boring. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm pumped up. I'm excited to get to work with a team, which you know, I think I think IMSA teams are often overlooked in terms of their capability and and everything. But ultimately, it is the, I mean, it is one of the premier. I mean, it's WEC World Endurance Championship and IMSA as the two premier categories in sports car racing globally. It's better than Carrera Cup. It's better than Blancpain. It's better than BTCC, DTM. Every, DTM, everything, right? And so the people and the teams there are at a very high caliber. Um, so already just in, in opening conversations with the guys and girls at FAF, um, it's clear that they are a, you know, championship race winning caliber team through and through. Um, so I think I'll learn a lot from kind of a different perspective and new people, which is always very exciting. It's, I saw a thing, uh, I think we touched on it a little bit, maybe last week or the week before, but like 15 current IndyCar drivers are confirmed on the grid. So more than half the IndyCar field is going to be racing in the 24 and for you is it because it's a cool motorsports event and you love to do it and racing cars is fun or you know if this race happened in the lull in august would it still have the same appeal and you know it not being something that a lot of drivers look at as a nice way to you know brush the dust off and get out there and get a little bit of seat time during the, you know, lull and driving race cars. That is this time of year. 
uh, and kind of preparing for the IndyCar season. So like, which is it more for you? Is it an opportunity to prepare for IndyCar just by getting out in a race car? Or do you just love this event and you would want to do it if you have the opportunity, no matter what it was? I love competing in motorsports. Okay. I don't know that this event in particular is my favorite and not because it's the race or the track or anything. I just, the, the weather there for whatever reason is so usually bad. so frustrating, right? Like yeah. if it, if it was guaranteed 60 to 80 degrees and you know, it doesn't have to be sunny. If it just was not wet and 43, like it would be awesome. I, I like, there's no, I can't say anything bad about the race. The race is great. You're always, you're always busy on track. Like it doesn't matter if you're racing for the lead or you're racing for ninth, you're always around a car. You're always having to kind of think ahead a couple corners, ahead, a couple laps ahead on how you're going to deal with traffic and all this stuff. So it's, it is a massive challenge. Um, so I love that aspect of it. Um, IMSA and the speedway does a great job of hosting it. Like it's, it, it is a awesome event. I just wish the weather wasn't so. So that's my only complaint. We, we've talked about this. We've talked about that knock on the motorhome door at 2.30 in the morning, and it's 38 degrees and misting, and you're on the golf cart heading out to Pele, and you're like, why am I here? Why are we doing this? This is dumb. Um, I will say for the roar, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it is 22, a high of 22. This is Celsius, obviously, on Friday, 11 on Saturday, and 14 on Sunday. Not great. I can only see until Thursday. So what is on that in like real temperature? in in made up goofy numbers uh so for times 71 plus 32 is the conversion right yeah so the 71 high on friday 51 high on saturday and then 57 on sunday but if i look ahead to the week i can only see till thursday next week which is obviously before we're on track but it's high of 79 so if we can keep that that would be nice 79 and sunny, not bad. Low 67, not bad. But it is Florida, and it is always potential for rain. And while you may have never driven a GT car, at least there's a good chance you'll have to drive it in the wet in the race for the first time. Yeah, so, super pumped about that. <laughs> what is, uh, what's one thing that you're really looking forward to? I mean, you, you talked about how it's a good race in terms of there's always somebody around or there's things like that, but like, what's the the one thing you're most excited about going into this weekend? Well, I think you should ask James that question. You know, James is, um, he's been out of the car for what is it? Two years now, a year and a half. Yeah. Where, well, where we I mean, I, yeah, I did the MX five race last right. year, but like, yes. yeah, two years, yeah. two years. Right. So like, for me, it's it's awesome to get into a car that I haven't driven before and have the opportunity to go fight for a Rolex and to be with a great team and all this stuff. But like, for me, like it's kind of an accessory race. For James, this is you're getting back into kind of yeah. a semi full time job and ride. This is my so gig. Yeah. It means I think way more to you. So I think you're more. Um, you should be answering that question more than me. I, you know, I'm excited about, uh, I mean, just driving and racing again. You know, I, I got the opportunity to drive the car, you know, in Portugal back in December. And it was so nice just kind of being back behind the wheel of something and, and having fun and throwing it around. Um, I've done this race five or six times, whatever it is. And, you know, I've always found sports car racing really fun. And the dynamic of working with other drivers in the same car is very cool. So, you know, Oliver Jarvis, I've known for years and getting to work with him is, is something I'm excited about and met Marvin when we were over in, um, in Portugal and just super, super nice kid. And, 
uh, excited to learn from him. I mean, he's the factory McLaren guy. He knows more about this thing than, than the rest of us combined. So, uh, you know, we'll be leaning on him a lot, but just being part of a team again and, and getting to get out there and race again. Uh, it's something I'm really looking forward to. So, um, I share all the same reservations about this race that Alex does. And, you know, it's the, the negative boxes are the absolute same for me. Otherwise it's like a phenomenal race. Uh, but no, it's, it's going to be exciting. And like the class that we're in is so stacked. Like what is it's, it? 11 manufacturers. Yeah. Nine I think manufacturers? so. Like it's, some yeah, 10, it's 10 or 11 manufacturers. Yeah. Of, of like competition, not just drivers. Like we're obviously in the pro category. So like, everyone's good, which is a little annoying because it doesn't mean we have like, you can't bank on someone to be a slouch at some point in the race. Right. Um, but man, I was just blown away going through the list and looking at, you know, historical information. Like it is, it is everyone. It's every yeah. manufacturer, yeah. which is awesome. It's, it's very, very, what do you drive? Yeah. They're in it. Yep. You know, uh, it's, they're there. Yeah. What do you drive to so, a Ford? Oh yeah. They're in it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, all right. So, with something like this, with a 24-hour race, I know people talk about the Indy 500. It's like you separate it between the first 150 laps and the last 50 laps. Where does that kick in, or is there something like that? Hour 20. Hour 20? That's when it switches from, like, stay in the game to win? Yeah, and I, and I want to clarify that. So uh, up until probably, I would say 2010, maybe a little bit sooner than that, but... Endurance racing was a a feat of not only physical endurance, but also the endurance of the cars, right? It's a reliability that, game. Right. Yeah. Whether that was gearboxes or engines or uprights or whatever, right? Like cars failed over that amount of time. And you had to be very conscious of the abuse that you put through the car in order to make it last the 24 hours. Since then, the the reliability is so robust that you could, in theory, do 24 hours of qualifying laps and the car would take it. Like it would, it wouldn't break down aside from something crazy happening, like can always happen. Like in a normal situation, thing would be ready to go. Where the 20 hours of kind of the, the, the not pushing for the 20 hours is not so much in the lap time standpoint or the performance standpoint. It's your risk versus reward really when dealing with traffic, right? So right. you can gain a lot or lose a lot of time. Um, overtaking cars, being overtaken by cars, what have you. And you can make up seconds by making a low or a high risk maneuver, which is worth it in the last four hours, but it's certainly not worth it on hour three. So that's kind of your, your balance of, of the risk you're willing to take kind of goes up steadily throughout the race and then takes a really big swing towards the high risk stuff with the last four hours to go. Yeah. It's, it's, I think back in the day, you know, because taking care of the equipment was such a big part of the skill set of an endurance driver, right? And so you would almost you would almost drive as slowly as you could while staying in the race, right? Like you can't yeah. fall more than a lap down. So somebody sort of sets the pace and you kind of work against that, right? And that could have been back in the day, that could have been, I don't know, four seconds a lap, you know, just cruising around, taking care of brakes, taking care of the gearbox, taking care of the engine, all that sort of stuff. The difference now is like even a, a relaxed lap to Alex's point, like it's it's with, still within a second. Like you're not you're not taking two seconds off your lap time when you're looking after the car or looking after the tires. It's it's like you said, it, it's more about your decision making and, and the, the risk assessment. Um, so it's it is a flat out mentally draining sort of task. And, you know, for us, for Alex and I, 
when you're the, the, the third and fourth drivers, the way these races work, you know, you start with one of your full-time guys and you end with one of your full-time guys, right? And you kind of fill in the rest of the 24 hours as you see fit. What usually happens is a lion's share of the overnight stuff falls on those, on the, on the guys you bring in. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you want your guys that are going to be ending the race, which are your two full-time guys to be fresh, get a lot of sleep over the night. So Alex and I are kind of like, you have to mentally prepare going into this race that you're going to be driving the worst stints of the race. You're going to be doing the graveyard shift. That's when it's coldest. A lot of times that's when you get rain or fog or whatever throws off your clock. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to kind of physically and mentally get into that thing. And then, yeah, your, your job is not necessarily to be the fastest guy on track while you're on track. It's to take care of the car and make sure that you're on the lead lap with 20 hours to go, at which point he and I will be done driving and it'll be up to the other two to, to kind of do the rest of the, of the work. So it's, um, it's very interesting how like, the two full-time drivers versus the one or two, you know, reserves or however you, however you want to call it, the, the endurance drivers, um, your roles are actually quite different and you have to be in that mindset. You have to know what your, you have to know what your role is, so to speak, and, uh, and execute accordingly. So do you want to know what I am thrilled about though, in terms of what you're talking about, like going through the night and everything? What's that? The most of the time, not most of the time I've done now. One, three, five. This will mean by six Daytona. And for four of them, the start time was around noon or was at noon or 11.55 or 12, whatever, right? Call it noon. And so when you would come out of the night and the sun would be coming up around 7.30-ish, you were like, man, we're on the home stretch. I'm probably done. Four and a half hours to go sort of thing. Let's get this thing to the finish line. And then... My last Daytona that I did, which would have been in 2022, I think went green at like 3.55 or something crazy. Oh, so when you, came, when you came out of the night and it was in the morning, it was like, oh my God, we still have eight hours left. We're just over halfway. <laughs> yeah. Wait, it was 3.55? It, it was late. It was maybe it was 3.30 or something like that. It was very cool. late and everyone was like, no, thank you. So I just Googled the start time and it's 1.40. It's 1.30, so yeah, it's, 1.40. Yeah. It's not quite as early as I would have wanted, but better. Um, I just remember coming out of the bus in the morning and looking up at the clock and being like, it's daylight and that thing still says eight hours or let's, 7.20. Let's talk about how hard this race is on the cruise because mm. to your point, right? I mean, 3.50, three anything is insane, but even a 130, 1.40 start is tough because I'm sure the garage is open at 8 a.m., so if you're a, if you're a, on a crew, you're probably up at six six thirty, shower, breakfast, rental car, get to the track for eight a.m. and you're doing you know four hours of prep, getting the car ready before a twenty four hour race starts, and then after the checkered flag, you're tearing down equipment, you're packing up the truck, you're doing all the stuff. Like it is a forty eight hour grind for those guys. I mean, thirty six hours for sure. And like they don't get to go back to the motorhome and sleep like drivers do. It is a insanely grueling task to be on a crew for the 24. And they deserve so much credit for what they have to sit through and, and deal with. You know, you've got to eat meals. You've got to do bathroom breaks. You know, your strategists, your engineers, the people sitting on the timing stand, they're there the whole time, right? Like they saddle up there probably about noon. 
and they know they're not getting off that thing until two o'clock the next day. And that's yeah. just like, the man. one The one that was always so impressive to me was uh, RP. You know, he mm. would at 82 years old, however old he was when I was driving for, for Acura, he would sit up there from start to finish. Unreal. Would only get down to go to the restroom. He, he did the whole thing. And now, was he like, only apparently sleeps four hours a night anyway, so it's actually less of a hit for him. <laughs> that's fair. I have heard that. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's one of those canon sleepers. Yeah, yeah. Dude, so, so, somebody sent something about that after. Like, there is a certain subset of the population that really only needs that amount of sleep. Not only does TK only sleep four hours a night, he spends the first two hours of his day running or cycling. So it's not it's not even like, like he is... He burns more energy than anybody because he's just up for more hours in the day. And on yeah. top of that, he still outworks you on, you know, like I get up in the morning and I try to work out, you know, in the morning, eight, nine, 10. And I get on the whoop app and I'm in some group that Tony's in and he's already run or cycled longer, further, harder, faster than anyone else in the group before you even get to the gym. It gets wild. That guy is an energizer bunny. I don't know how he does. He is the exact opposite of Tim. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> He's the anti-Tim. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. fair. Um, well, you can tune in on Peacock to watch the roar. And, and well, most this of is you have Peacock now. We know it because of Super, Car Super Wild Card Weekend. So Absolutely. you don't have an excuse. Oh, wait, Alex. How how did you do on your on your bets to make up all the money that you lost on the weekend on Monday's game? Went fine, James. Oh. <laughs> but I thought you put it on the Bills and they won. Yeah, and the Eagles. Okay, there was just more to it than just winning, huh? No. The oh. Eagles got beat by the Bucks. Unbelievable. Like, it was the most disgraceful game they I've ever seen. They didn't get beat. They got destroyed. They started the year oh, as 10-1. Okay. and one. Yeah. Oh, okay, they so you were, were up on one players. and down on the other. Yes, James, thank you. But it's fine. Oh, Men's college basketball is tonight. We'll be all right. <laughs> oh man so, so indiana guys let's go so, so one one Cameron. last question on on the roar in daytona in general like how much of a competition were are you guys going to have between the two of you to see who can set like faster lap times or better track position or things like that zero that's not how we win the race. Okay. Right. We'll be helping each other immensely, which we but have experience not, doing. And But you're not going to check it out. Tim. James can't see this. Big, big one. Big help. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alex, you're no longer welcome to come over and use my sim to practice. Well, up, dude, I'm, I'm literally counting the minutes so I can get in the car. 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, what's, what's funny though, honestly, is like, we have this three day test, right? The roar before race week. And because there's four drivers and a limited amount of tires, even though there's ample track time, like realistically, Alex and I might get like, what do we say? Like 25 laps each before we get into race week. And we're probably like, I don't know how much on race week practice is pretty scarce again, just because of tires just and stuff. Be like in outlaps. Yeah. So, you know, brand new car, new type of car. And we're just strapping in. We get five, five lap runs to 
sort of figure it out and assess some setup changes and, you know, learn how to drive a GT car. And then yeah, but let's it, go racing. At least everyone else didn't test in December. So, yeah, that part's kind of a bummer. That is a bit of a bummer. But they had a two day test in December that we were not at, but it's all right. James. It's we good. got a good group, man. We yeah. got a good group. Why they pay us the big bucks? Absolutely, baby. Why they Absolutely. pay us the moderately sized, appropriate Checks in the mail? Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they pay you the medium bucks. Yeah. Um, all right. So, you're going to jump on the sim. You gonna celebrate a little IndyCar back on uh, iRacing, or just get right into Daytona? Couldn't Crazy. be less interested in driving an IndyCar on iRacing. <laughs> <laughs> I might get, I might set up the the rig you gave me back up again. And uh, the rig, you mean the steering wheel and pedals? I couldn't think of the name for it. Right. You should get a rig. You should get a yeah. If you've got the steering wheel and the pedals, you should. Get I don't it. have room for a rig, let alone That's the finances. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, on Peacock, if you want to tune in and follow the number nine Faf McLaren. Is it number nine? Hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, slow us. We're Scott about to get some of that Dixon Scott Dixon luck. The Dixon dust, baby. A Dixie. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Franklin on there. Yeah, that's that's why he does well. The number. <laughs> he has also won in every other car he's driven, no matter what the number was. Yeah. That's not the point. Right. All right. Well, there was a sigh. That was a yawn. All right. Well, that was a yawn. You can't count a yawn as a sigh. And on that sigh, what are you doing? Just hanging. Did you a good day? This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Fim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Fim. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.